This is the Greyhorn Pagans Podcast. Here we talk everything paganism, heathenism, witchcraft, mystery, and mythology. Sit back, relax, open your minds, and let us take you back to the days of our ancestors. Gentlemen and boys and girls and aliens and other beings, welcome to the Greyhorn Pagans podcast. I am here yet again to nobody's surprise <laughs> with Joshua Child of Ash 420 for pygmies, dwarves, and all the other little folk from the world's mythology parts two uh part one was back in august it's been too long man yeah it has uh i felt like i've been out of my little my little uh sound here for far too long too after the wedding and everything else it was just been a blur um oh yeah yeah man yeah yeah the the pit hole of research that i fell into on this one is amazing because I, I knew there were legends pitter pattered all over the globe. I knew there's a lot of uh, a lot of Germanic lore, you know, a lot of uh, Swedish and Dutch lore on the little boy in Ireland. Everybody knows those tales, the Leprechaun and Chloricon and the Fairy. But what a lot of people don't realize is they're literally on every continent, island, nation of Earth. They're everywhere. And there's a few types that I'd really like to get into tonight to uh, to emphasize a couple points about them because they, they all basically have a few categories that they fall into. You know, they, they help people around their homes and they, they get trinkets or treats for it. Um, they live, that's one kind, they live out in nature and they do mess with people occasionally and it's on like a... so. Hey, what's up everybody? It's the Stein Fox here. A uh, quick little disclaimer before we continue with the podcast. Uh, it was at this point that we got some very heavy connectivity issues. Um, no audio, no video, especially on Josh, his end. Uh, so if the transition seems a bit odd, that is why I had to uh, cut out well, almost three minutes of audio of us just trying to connect, reconnect, um, stabilize. So, our apologies, my apologies. Um, but if anything, this just means that we're uh, we're talking about all the right things, as you will hear us say in the next bit. So, just a quick little disclaimer. Let's get on with the with the podcast. I I almost feel like like you know somebody's trying to censor us here, dude. This is kind of weird because like we've never had this connectivity issue. Well, not 
not this bad. I mean, it, it has acted up once or once or twice before, but not right at the start, and not to the point that you know we have to reset multiple times. So, uh, like I said, when you went off the air uh, for a bit, I guess we're diving in the real meat and potatoes. Uh, right. So uh, let me let me rebut that and start back over and see if it tries to cut us off at the same spot again. Um, apparently I, uh, I hit a nerve with some tech industry. Um, <laughs> so I started, I started looking into the fairies and the little people a little deeper. You know, last time I, I caught some really cool ones in the, you know, the United States and Native American lore. And I dug a little further into one of them and then started noticing that they're literally everywhere. They're on every continent, they're on every island nation. They're all over the earth. Some of these stories date back to 1000 BC, 2000 BC, and are recorded. Now, there are a few of them that I really want to get into for one specific reason. I started to notice that they all fall into a couple different categories. Either they are around the home, people see them occasionally, they know they're there because things are moved around at night, and, you know, occasionally they would, like, do work for cobblers or you know, farm for farmers, and they would take a little piece of their work as payment. Yeah. Yeah, Or, you know, a little bowl of milk that was left out for them, whatever the case may be from, you know, different areas of the globe. Like the the Tonte we have here in in Northern Europe. It's a a common story. They do household chores and help you with, you know, with the farm and the farm animals and all of that, as long as you, like, reward them for it. Um, And if you don't, they're gonna make your life miserable. Yes, like brownies and so forth. Then yeah, there, there's we, another. Uh, we got into on the last one. Yep. Then the other group, they basically help, but they're out in nature. They don't come around the home or the farm. They stay off mm-hmm. on their own, right? Now they will interact with people, but just like the ones at home, if they're slighted, they become devious and mischievous and chaotic. Um, then you have a third class. They do not want human contact. They want to be left alone. Some of these go back as far as like, you know, the Middle Ages. But uh, most of those stories are a bit newer, right? Okay. And then then you have a little tie-off of that category that are actual tribes of tiny people that they have found evidence, skeletons, Homo floresiensis. Um, there's, you know, a couple different examples. Uh, Pedro the Mummy is a good one. Now, in that, the Native American lore around Pedro the Mummy, right? We got into that the other day. We were talking about it. Yeah. Now, those little things are uh, are ferocious. The Namaragar, the Shoshone people's history has so many stories about them, right? And basically, they had poison darts. Their name meant people eaters, Right. And they had pointy teeth, right? Now, Pedro the mummy, whole mouth full of canine teeth, same size. I'm just saying, same area, it all adds up, right? Now, this thing was tested by a couple different places, Harvard Anthropology Department, and it was confirmed by the American Museum of Natural History's Anthropology Department. Right. See, I I have an example of. Okay, hold up. Share screen. Yes. 
this is uh, some of the artwork that I found that is uh, supposed to represent the uh, Nimerigar. Um, there, he definitely has like pointy teeth, canine teeth, almost shark-like. Um, if you ask me, um, yes, ferocious-looking little things. Now, oh yeah, imagine. Yeah. Imagine a whole gaggle of them with um, poison arrows and blow darts. Oh, and no thanks. They don't no want to be messed with. They just want to be left alone up in their little mountain home. But of yeah. course, as humanity, we just can't do that. So there is a. There's been cases where these guys were witnessed. There is a missionary named Zeisberger in 1778, right? Mm. Um. He basically heard those uh, tales and legends and rumors, and he decided he was going to go looking for these things. He talked to Shoshone. They told him, um, basically, we chased them to the east, right? We, we chased them out of our land. If any of them still exist, they might be that way, but we're pretty sure if they did, other tribes would have killed them off. So he goes on his little hunt. This guy winds up in Coshocton, Ohio, right? And he's up in the mountains where he heard about these little pygmies that were under three feet tall, you know, fit the same description. And he finds a burial ground, right? Now, not only does he find a burial ground of these things, but he finds some odd drifting to the burial ground, right? Yeah. These things are buried. They have little tombstones and their heads are all facing towards the West, which would imply either they are sun worshipers or sun deity worshipers. Now, I know we think about religion as a human thing, right? But there is a little race of people. We found the graves. We have skeletal evidence of them. And now, after they were confirmed by Harvard Anthropology and the American Museum of Natural History Anthropology Department, the Smithsonian comes along. Now, Harvard and the Museum of Natural History both showed this thing to be at about 65 years old based on its bone density and several other factors. It had no sagittal suture on its head. It had a fully formed cranium and a whole mouth of canine teeth. Now, it's been confirmed. The news starts to break. The Smithsonian says, hey, we want to check it out. They come, they take it, they sample it at the University of Wisconsin, I believe, or Wyoming, one of the two. Um, and they, they decide that it's a syphilitic infant, and it's not really what it appears to be. Uh, it was the University of Wyoming. Now, mm, I'm, I'm sure just saying, if if I had the choice to, to trust Harvard and the American Museum of Natural History, which, I mean, they're both big institutions. I don't know how much I trust either one of them. But <laughs> I have the choice to choose them or the Smithsonian. I'm sorry. I'm going with Harvard and the, the Museum of Natural History all day. Darwinism aside, most of their facts appear to be pretty solid. I got curious and I started looking. Now, there are tales of similar beings all over the place in russia there are some really cool ones um hold on let me find something real quick yeah sure no it's uh, absolutely i mean just about every every one every single one of them has uh, has very interesting stories um we have gone into uh into a couple of them already over the last last couple of days and I, I, I really told him, like, dude, save it 
for uh, like save it for the podcast but yeah it's that's hard of course you know you're we're all excited we all want to learn more and know more sorry brother i dropped something uh, no worries two pages slid out of my notebook and there's literally nowhere they could have gone <laughs> but they are gone dude like I, legit anyways um they weren't that important because you know i got most of that crap in my head anyways but it's just uh that's odd that is really really odd hmm. um anyhow the russian the little russian uh beings now they're basically slavic i can't say russian right but yeah, okay. they have a very interesting uh very interesting couple stories that that go along with them the polovic we have any examples of those you can pop up um how do you spell that exactly uh polovic p o l e v i k now this one's not the ones i want to get really deep into this is just a little oddball russian one that i thought was really cool now these are the the category that do not want to be messed with they do not want human interaction they're out in nature they're nature beings they they're just fully outside of everything right yeah and when yeah. they do have human interaction it's probably not going to be pleasant and uh they can be appeased they're kind of considered like field spirits in southern russia mm -hmm. they are deformed looking little humans with grass for hair right and just about all the tails now i know we've seen like little examples like the duende and a couple other beings like that you know yeah. from other yeah. cultures right can but you, I just thought it was really funny that, that, listen, this is how you pay one of these things off if you've upset them. Like if you've urinated in one of their areas or broke ground without their permission, right? Mm -hmm. You have to give them two eggs, a toad, a crow, and a rooster. That's highly specific. Yeah, highly specific, right? Now, I, 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 I saw that and I was just like, that is fascinating. Like, who, who came up with that recipe? You know, And what are they going to do with those? Sounds like a true witch's recipe. That sounds like a disgusting couple uh, couple ingredients for a soup, if you ask me. Anyways, yeah. the, the another cool thing about these guys is at night, they're always dressed in black. In the daytime, they're always dressed in white. And they're basically mischievous all the time, right? Okay. Like chaotic mischievous. They like to prank people. Farmers will be plowing their fields and something will yank their hair from behind. Stuff like that. Right, not like malicious, like hurting people most of the time, but like mean little pranks. Wait, what was their right? their name? Their name again? Can you? Uh, no, no. Can you? Can you type it out in the in the private chat, maybe? Because I'm Polovic. P O L E V I K. Hold on. Polovic. P O L O. Okay, hold on. I'm just. I'm getting all kinds of recipes, and I'm not, now I'm getting hungry. But that's <laughs> yeah, I'm probably not. not. Yeah, because I I do I do want to see if I can uh, if I can get some uh, some pictures or, it's or like artwork representing Pol them. P O L D I K. Uh, like that. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Polovic. Polovic. Yes. However, you. Pronounce that? I have no idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That uh, one's yeah. a bit uh. Fields, field spirits. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Okay. Um. Oh, those look. From the art interpretations that I can find, they are odd. 
Yeah, man. Like slightly deformed grass for hair. Like yeah. I, th- I think I have a good representation. Yeah, these. This is kind of an artwork, I guess, supposed to be uh, to representing the uh, the polemic. Polemic. It's like kind of they have yeah, like straw or or hay for for like a head and a and a beard. The, the kind of creatures that you would expect in the, um, in the fields, indeed. Like a field sprite. Yeah, yeah. Like, these that, are that's the, now, that, that's what kind of made me think they were like cool as hell because like they're very similar to sprites and a couple other little pieces of lore. I think there's a really uh, yeah. odd cadence to that. The fact that everywhere on the globe have three types of these little things they also have uh the ones in russia they're the karzelek and the skarbnik now they help people around in mines now there is there is odd tales of like even in more recent times those things leading miners to ore or leading them out of a mine just before the mine collapses so they're definitely helpful to humans little lifesavers of Garzel, a small one used for describing non non fantasy dwarves. Okay, I had these. Oh no, that's. I am if I'm looking it up on uh, like on Brave images. I am getting all kinds of mining related ones. Yes, indeed. There, um, there, there may actually be like mining companies in stuff like named after these guys because of their lore i would not doubt that at all i mean that's that's a smart move you know let's yeah. see if i can that doesn't look so little um just ke- keep keep talking i'm uh, i'm gonna see if i can anyways can those are the ones that I, that I was saying they fall into three categories those are the ones that like f- are out in nature they're not necessarily around the home but they're helpful then in Russia, yeah. you also have the Domovoy or the Domania or Domania. They, it means the one of the household. Now, these are cool little helpers. They, uh, they have basically been helping people in Slavic lore around the household for millennia. I mean, their tales go back far. Mm-hmm. They have some... Uh, that was one of the ones that I actually found like people had recent accounts where they were telling stories where they, you know, they had some interaction with these things and they didn't know what it was. And they remember hearing from their grandparents about these little creatures and da, 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 da. But the, uh, the Damovoy were also another one that had a really cool, uh, really long backstory. And when you go look up like source material about them, dude, there is, children's books and stories so like this is something that is embedded oh, wow okay okay if i look up um Skarpnik, i am also yeah i'm getting a, i'm getting a lot of um polish stuff as well which really doesn't surprise me like poland's russia they are very close related to each other of course yeah. and they're, they're literally neighboring countries and that lore nope. literally goes back so far that they've got to have some kind of base and validity to it. You know what I mean? You, you, yeah. You don't, 
if something is, you know, a tale of an isolated incident, you know, like the Headless Horseman, you, you might have like one case of it every, you know, 100 years where somebody swears they saw it. This is something that it is like on a regular basis still. You know, the Damavoy are are in modern culture as well. Uh, let's see, this is, I, I, ju- I found something. It's, uh, I think the best example of a, like a Karzalek or a Skarpnik that I can find at the moment, that is this. It's more of an artist interpretation, but everything else is um, like some dude with the last name, Karzalek. I guess, or now, um, about the mining company, but this, think about this it, does look looks like a kind of like a, a dwarf wizard. Exactly, I was going to say, think about it in our lore, the dwarf, right? And yeah. those guys basically have like the same type of stories. Like they they help people in and out. You know what I mean? As long as they're not maliciously, you know, doing things, they're they're not like a. Uh, a miner that's going to go in there and just destroy the mine to get a little bit of ore out of it. You know, as long as they're respectful, they've, they've been known to help people. Now, I mean, classic example of the dwarves we have is from, uh, like, from Snow White, of course. Oh, yeah, this is a... I like this rendition. This is a, uh, a artist rendition of the Domovoi. I am sharing my screen a lot, but I know. Uh, let's see. That's... This one, I think that's it's kind of cute. Maybe a little too too animalistic, but it's it's a it's a good one like, nonetheless. Kind of like uh, what was that little thing in the tale with the cobbler, the elf and the cobbler? Was that it? The the little thing that would come in and they'd help the cobbler make shoes. Oh yeah, I I oh I know what you mean. And yeah, I other know. tales. Isn't that a, a, co- a kobold? I believe it's a kobold. Perhaps. I know there was a similar tale too with like a watchmaker. I thought they were like either pixies or fairies or elves and a watchmaker and a cobbler. Yeah, but... yeah you got you got different different kinds of interpretations, of course. But, but they... y- usually, uh, like yeah, usually boiling down to the to the same thing. There are. I can find a lot from the, the Domovoys. That's what I mean, dude. I started finding so much on them, dude. Like, it's deep, dude. Like, yeah, like modern. We, we all know about modern the, day. We all know about the, the more Western Europeans, American ones that you uh, like you see in um, in popular media a lot. But like, we we totally forget that um, that the Slavs, the Slavic people. That that they have some some deep lore and mythology as well. You know, I'm, I'm not gonna say greater than ours, but but at the very least, like as as great. You know, kids' stories are told worldwide, and they they get adapted to cultures, of course. So uh, it's just you know, in the West, you don't hear a lot about well about the East. You know, Western Europe, Eastern Europe, there's still still a divide. Still, like two different cultures, like very much related to each other, but still different. You know, the Germanics and then more the um, the Slavic people. Um, and so, yeah, now, of course, you know, being Dutch, I, I grew up with uh, a lot of the, the Dutch stories, the German stories, the 
uh, the Scandinavian stories because that's that's a lot closer to home. Um, and that's yeah, that's, that's that's why I love that you're you know you're such a good researcher. And if you find like when you find a rabbit hole, you dive headfirst into it and you take every side entrance you can right. find. This I'm I'm just gonna do this as an example, and I'm gonna run through the names and where they come from real quick, right? And this is just a, a handful of them. All right, the abatwa from Africa, the Aziza from Western Africa, brownies, we all know where they're from. Cluricon. Yeah. Now a cluricon is much like a leprechaun, but just they prefer wineries, breweries, and um, wine cellars. Right, and they're known to be a little more mischievous, but they'll mend broken glasses and take a bit of alcohol. You know, they'll they'll plug a leaking keg and take a bit of the beer. They but they always do something for their pain. <laughs> right now, there's so many of these. The Disma Undar Yordi, or the Disma. Um, they're from Gotland. The Beitir like, they're legendary crown dwellers. Right? Then you have the Dokebi from Korean lore, the Domovoy from Russian lore, the Duende in South America, Dwarf, we all know where they come from, the Ibu Gogu um, from Flores, Indonesia, the Eloko, they're forest dwelling dwarves in the Congo, um, elves, the, here's where we get this going. Aren't there even videos from uh, like Indonesia, like a couple of. Uh, I, I remember one in particular. Uh, it's like on, on so many of those YouTube compilations that um, a couple of dirt bikers going through the um, like the, the, the rice field or mud fields yes. actually now you know, enc encountering one that is. Well, we're gonna get into very. We're, we're gonna get into great detail. Fast. We'll get into into good detail. One of the ones from Indonesia in in a couple minutes, dude. That is. Uh, they, they literally refer to them as the original people from that island, right? So there is oh. there there is so much lore from Indonesia and the islands, Micronesia, that basically, the, and they all refer to them as the root race or the first ones, the original ones, the original little beings, you know what I mean? And there's, there's stories that when they came there from, you know, um, what did they call it? There was a migration that happened around 500 BC and they all started landing in that area. They all had stories of these little beings, right? And they weren't human, but they looked like humans that were no more than three feet tall. And they littered the island. They had to chase them away. There were different tribes of them, right? And now I think we, when we get into that, that topic right there, I don't think there's ever been one type of little people right or it's one group you can classify as the fey or something like that i think there are tribes multiple different tribes of these things and they may have all stemmed from like the original pygmies or something of that nature or even homo florensis or florensis however you pronounce that one yeah. um florence they they've got to have some kind of root but there are so many tales of them that there has to be more than just a little bit of validity to it. And now we're Josh, finding skeletons of them. Yeah, this uh, this is good comment from um, from Joseph uh, for uh, 
if you want to dive in a little more, I, I'm, I'm sure you've already heard of it, if not already bought it. The Encyclop- Encyclopedia sure. of Legendary Creatures by Tom McGowan. Can't say I, I the, have... Dude, that, that got uh, shared in the tribe the other day. I didn't get a chance to read through it because I have been like going through so much other stuff. But yeah. I definitely am going to dive into that. The... Uh, like I said, though, the thing, the Indonesia dude in those islands, even Micronesia, Guam, there's exactly the same tales. You know what I mean? Like, they they get, show up to these islands like and they had to battle these region. little... Shouldn't be talking at the same time? Yeah, uh, that's, <laughs> I'm, that, that's, that's nuts. Um, it's never broken up on this like this before, dude. That is like totally crazy. I'm... And I'm showing like a full signal, cellular and Wi-Fi. Oh yeah, like I'm I'm on my Wi-Fi, like everything everything's fine. But, I got, I mean, yeah, I'm on my on my battery, but I still have like at least an hour. Yeah, and I keep my I keep my cell on hotspot for a backup just in case the house Wi-Fi glitches or whatever. <laughs> and it's, I mean, this is nut. Anyways, dude, we've been basically lied to i think by a lot of the main anyway didn't <laughs> i feel like there's somebody at the smithsonian with their finger on a button going right got him got him i mean hey they they do not they do not like you uh, calling them out that's that's for sure um well we have gone into the smithsonian more with uh with our giants podcasts that we did and it hasn't glitched out i mean the, of course the the podcast no. and is a little uh you know has has grown since luckily uh it's gotten a bit more uh, more professional a bit more decent and and all of that good stuff sorry i'm gonna be right back i have to uh, chase my cat off the sink keep talking oh right on so in new zealand there's a group of these guys that are so in new zealand there are a group of guys yeah i know right <laughs> that are uh they're very they're described as very small humans, adults right they're built just like a normal human adult very yeah. pale skin in either blonde or red hair right now where have and they're heard that before the moon-eyed people i dude it's the first thing that clicked into my head when I started reading about these things. Now their name, I cannot even begin to pronounce, but I'm gonna try to spell it out here, right? And see, <laughs> see if you can grab an image of one of these things, because there's tales of these guys in modern time too. They're uh, e- NSA, right? NSA is Are you ready? That'd be it. NSA is watching, that'll be it. P-A-T-U-P-A-I-A-R-E-H-E. The what the what now? I sent it to you on um on, on Telegram, just in case. So this wasn't gonna yeah. Cause like Oh Patu wow. Parahihi Parihi Patu Pairihi well, from New Zealand. Definitely sounds Maori. Now these guys again hated people. There is very little interaction with humans between these guys and it was usually negative when it did happen almost all of it yeah but just yeah. like the moon eye people the sun hurt them <laughs> they were sensitive to light and they were sensitive they did not like fire fire hurt their eyes mm-hmm. right 
So they, anytime there was like full light, they did not come around. And people would use that. That's why they'd keep their fires burning overnight and whatnot to keep yeah. away the Atua, Raihi, yeah, those things. Those, those guys, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, dude, in the tales of these guys, though, they weren't just a little one or two of them around the island. They weren't just, you know, a little group. They had fortified structures. Like, they lived in giant communities. And, again, they had to battle these guys in order to be able to stay there. Right? The, the um, I can't remember their name. The original inhabitants of New Zealand. Um, the Maori. Yeah. Aboriginal. Mo- Maui. Say it again. Uh, the 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 Maori, Maori. Maori, Maori. Yeah, um, M A O R I, Maori. Those guys. Yeah, I mean they they yes. are basically the uh, the Aborigines. Now in their tales, and it, now this is on cave walls. This one goes back. They battled those dudes in order to have that land, and their cave paintings, dude, look ridiculously similar to some of the ant people cave paintings that we saw. And it just tripped me out, dude, because spirals, the whole night. I mean, like, they had a lot of the same stuff. And I have come to this big conclusion that that spiral is a representation of, you know, the earth wobbles, uh, what do they call procession? Yeah. Right? When they're watching the stars at night, when that wobble happens, when we get to a certain spot in procession, shit hits the fan. Ah, okay, that's a good one. And we have and we have Lord Runites joining us at the moment from the the live chat to the live stream. Yeah, I, I have joined so that if uh, if Fox has to do something like get up again, somebody else is here to keep the company. <laughs> that isn't the NSA. <laughs> Yeah, or, that is uh, that is crazy, man. Like we've never had a stream people. bust off like that. Yeah, there we go. Look, um, yes, the lizard people have entered the chat. I mean, NSA lizard people. Like, what, what's what's the difference? Right. <laughs> I mean, They're all out. Of it. it doesn't matter. Oh I mean, yeah, I man. came for I came for a discussion of of uh, fey and folklore creatures. I didn't know we were going to get into conspiracy theories, aliens, and the, and the deep dive. <laughs> Oh, come on, man. We always derail into that, dude. The Smithsonian's got their hands so far inside everything we've tried to learn about that it's unreal. But serious question. I said it in the chat. I'm going to restate it now. Um, Because amongst all my joking, I do try to contribute in a meaningful fashion. Uh, What is your opinion or what is your perspective? Or do you know if there is a popular perspective on the differentiation? Yeah, we're using big words now. uh, Between folkloric uh, representations, creatures of folklore, and early proto-hominids and proto-humans. Because my mom, who was a uh, student of anthropology before she became a homemaker, uh, always asserted that like the small dark people in Ireland, while our mythology says that they were the fae under the mountain, may well have been Cro-Magnon or Neanderthal or some other comparable early hominid or early human branch that didn't survive with the march of time, right? But were, I don't know what you want to call it, not competitors, or they were contemporaneous with 
the early uh, uh, migrating humans who settled and became the Irish people. You know, so that, that it seems to me reasonable that depending on where you are, depending on your cultural group, as you say, tribes, that that might have occurred more than once, not just in any one given area or any one given group. Well, like I said, I'm I'm finding tales of all three types of these guys all over the place. Basically, every continent has a tale of them that were there before them. The Native American Indians, dude, it goes deep in just about every single Native American tribe. They have a story of not only giants in some tribe, but all of them have the stories of some little people. Then they had to basically shoo them off in order to be able to live peacefully because they'd attack them with darts. And in many, many, many different cultures, their names literally translate to people leaders or um, eater of man, different things like that. So, I mean, they're, they're everywhere. Well, that was an interesting, I'm sorry, that was a, that was an interesting conversation I was having with a friend of mine named David. He also goes by Coyote. He's not in the tribe, but he's cool. Um, And he's a Native American, West. And uh, we were talking about skinwalker phenomena. I'm sure you guys have heard all about that, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the, the problem is, is popularity about skinwalkers occludes actual mythology about skinwalkers and so we were having this really lengthy discussion basically of how much damage has been done to native american theology not just by popular recitation they are a i'm not political i'm just talking facts here they they are Mm -hmm. a distressed people you know as tribal groups so holding on to their oral traditions has been hard in the last hundred years <laughs> or more. Also, yeah. what the hell, NSA? <laughs> this connection is really starting to get bro. Like, on every uh, metric, I am not supposed, this is not supposed to be happening, right? I mean, like, I, I, I even have a, I even have a backup <laughs> connection so that this doesn't happen. <laughs> The Fae know. They know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm yeah. telling you, dude. I, I figured out the they, all right? And let, let's let's get into who the they is, dude. Because, like, I've, I've come to another conclusion, especially after watching Ancient Apocalypse, right? Which you were not supposed only, to, but because now... Yeah, yeah, know. sorry about no, that. Dude. But it's like no, Graham no. Hancock, and I couldn't yeah. help it. I explain to the fruit, you know, it's, that's, that's, <laughs> but that's on you. Literally, I, I think through every cycle of that procession, we've had a group that basically piggybacked off of the labor and whatnot of the, the masses, had a bunker built for themselves, stockpiled full of dried food and goods that they could ride out a couple years with, and uh, basically locked themselves in. Hence the pyramids and, you know, Palenque and like all these Darren Kuyu and all these other places. But you could see like caves, cave systems, you know, you could see that as like a, a bunker as well. And, you know, if, if it is dry in there, you know, you can, light a, you can light a fire and even maybe even with a little bit of, of, of luck. I don't, I, like I'm 
not a farmer nor am I very knowledgeable on agriculture, but you can grow some stuff if you want to, or at least like things that need very little uh, like actual daylight to grow. Um, like I, I actually today was listening to a, um, a podcast uh, from Unlocking the Code, a couple of Aussies. I'll be joining them this uh, this Wednesday about uh, dragons and dinosaurs. Like how after the the great like, great reset of the the dinosaur age, like how did some of those you know survive? How did the mammals you know survive? Well, they went into into the cave systems, and some of these, especially the like the, the subterranean, they are huge. That will look at so, look at bonite people and those other little guys and think that is very possible. I oh, mean yeah. that that a, a race of slightly smaller humans could have quite easily survived much more easily than we could have in a cave system. And I mean, oh, yeah. think about oh, yeah. this: sea levels rise, everybody starts heading up, right? Everybody's chased into the mountain. If there's well, you know, a group you're... of little guys living in these caves and the humans try to go in the caves. They're getting belted with blow darts and all of the stuff we were talking about earlier, you know? So, I mean, I think these stories have validity, dude. I think there is a solid base for a lot of them. Yeah, or, you know, with, with like with great fires, for example, you'd go underground because, you know, smoke rises up, the heat, like, rises up. So, of course, underground, you're safe from, from there. Now, look at Derenkuyu, the city of Derenkuyu underground, right? It could have easily housed a 10,000 people, possibly up to 20,000. It had water, chimneys, uh, communal areas to gather and cook, and then private areas for families to go sleep, the whole nine yards, right? Mm -hmm. But it doesn't appear that it was like a fortification against like, let's say the Assyrians, you know what I mean? It's not like they were getting scared of skinned alive by the Assyrians, that's why they built it. Because, I mean, anybody with a pickaxe could have just slowly broken through one of the Rolling Stone doors. But if they were keeping out something tiny or the elements, just the elements itself, like nature, right? It would have been perfect. I mean, the, uh, especially the Fae, they are uh, considered to be like elemental spirits, um, of course. I mean, I got a, you know, a good example on my, uh, like my background, my, my green screen so to speak uh i had this this picture for a while i thought it was very appropriate um funny thing is those uh the butterfly wings are a later uh later rendition because i believe and uh correct me if i'm wrong but the f at first they had like actual like a dragonfly yeah dragonfly uh, like actual, to a bat like actual bird actual bird wings i believe but then the you know the church came you know Oh, that's right. That came came later. Yep. Yeah, Originally, it was as a sort bird of bird wings and bat wings. Now, bat wings is, uh, I believe, what the, what the church made of it, uh, as to you know, kind of put them in a uh, like a bad light because you know the death demonic of demons and dragons and all of those you know demonic creatures are supposed to have like bat like wings but they they don't they didn't like the uh the feathery wings that they had originally like if i'm not mistaken because you know that's too close to how the angels you know look like and they are creatures of 
pagan folklore, like take take pagan in the the broadest sense that you、uh, that you can get it, you know, just polytheism, pagan, whatever. Yeah.、Um, no. So I believe the、uh, like the butterfly or the the dragonfly wings. I believe there was like a、um, like a middle road, like okay. You know, we'll we'll accept that. You know, they're not evil, but we're not gonna give them those angel wings. So, like, what's what's the best in between? I guess you know we can do butterflies or dragonflies. Or... Did uh, you remember the one we were talking about the other day? Just remember that the modern. Sorry, go, go ahead, ahead, buddy. I was just saying, just remember that the modern incarnation of the angel. As a winged humanoid, is a creation that's less than a hundred years old. Actual angels are mathematical concepts made manifest. They look, they look creepy as as the, between、uh, divine and yeah. The, I, I know the, the I know dissonance they, between、uh... the dissonance between divine and. Infernal、uh, and the the use of bat wings and and the like has less to do specifically with、uh, Christian theology, although it's certainly there, and more to do with、uh, the what、uh, Nietzsche. Yeah, I'm gonna pull out the big guns.、Uh, described as the Apollonian Dionysian divisor, because、uh, Christian theology and indeed Western civilization is really built around、uh, sunlit. Father-led divine origination,、well, the civilization being that, internal. See, that's what I was going to say with the wings, it, with the bat wings and the angelic wings. It's a day and night thing, you know, the yeah, dichotomy of good and evil and all of that. You know, the evil creatures、right. will have the night wings, and then the good creatures will have angelic, feathery, light-colored wings. Right. Yeah. Like right, this is a, what a biblical, <laughs> accurate angel is supposed to look like.、Um, yeah. <laughs> Or、uh, I mean, like, thrones yeah, and don't, wheels. Don't、yeah. don't be scared. We're the good guys.、Uh, okay, if you say so. Well, I'm gonna be scared anyway if this guy's flying well, up to me. I entertained myself so hard the other night. You know, you know that AI thing that you can like just spit random things into, and it'll give you a picture, yeah. right? Yeah. I started describing the archangels into it. You know, it has one head like a lion, one head like an eagle, da 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 da, seven wings. They will create you the craziest effing looking picture, bro. But like,、oh, it reminds me of that thing that you just popped up there, and that looked like something that the AI had spit out. That was nuts. Like, yeah, for some reason, like, I、oh, kept yeah. asking that thing to. I was trying to get it to make pictures of a Valkyrie the other day, and the AI engine, every Valkyrie that it spit out for some reason was topless. Right, yeah, and is, I'm、uh, like, what in the hell? This is a good representation representation of the、uh, the angel that you met. This one, yes, head of、uh, you know the the four four heads,、uh, four again. Thank you, Ethan Indigo, fourth initiate.、Um, and then you have like this right here, which is like multiple wheels, like just covered with eyes, and these are supposed to be holy creatures. And, I mean, sure, I'll, I'll, I'll believe it, but they look scary as all hell to me. Well, remember the first thing they say when they manifest is "fear not," 
they know they look freaky to the unenlightened. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. You know, fear not. Uh, okay, I'll try. <laughs> I come in peace. Right? Uh, yeah, speaking of come I've, in peace. I've speaking of come in peace. Many, uh... Sorry. The, yeah. uh, the, uh, the Menahuni, those little guys, they were another one of those root races. And there are some crazy ass stories behind those things, dude. They were... They were basically um, the original settlers, if you will, and okay. the, the the Hawaiian Islanders refer to them as such, right? It's uh, basically the Kapu religion refers to them as ancestral spirits or the original ones, right? And they're not just spirits because they have physical manifestation. They've built this structures a, uh, all over the islands that, that are like still found to this day. An artist rendition. They they do look like um, like islanders. Benehune. Yeah. This oh. is always the uh, the thing that amuses me. I'm gonna gonna go off in a weird direction. I like to watch the show Ancient Aliens. I don't believe yes. it. It's garbage. <laughs> yes, it, it's I find it entertaining as well. Yeah, exactly. You watch it, and you point and laugh, and go, "You guys are stupid." But the, the thing yeah. that always strikes me is the the disparity between they try to assert that ancient man was really, really smart and smart enough to recognize something as weird and make a story, right? But then also yeah. goes out of their way to talk about how stupid ancient man was because we could never understand these things. And it's like, well, are, which are we? Are we super intelligent and made amazing things or are we super stupid and well, and, and saw stupid things? Which is it? <laughs> Dude, that gets me to the Google loop. Right? You can right. ask Google, what is the oldest civilization on Earth? It'll say Mesopotamia 5,000 years ago. Then ask Google, how old is the Minoan civilization? 9,000 years old. 7,000 BC. They had plumbing, running water, two-story brick houses, <laughs> elaborate carved statues. But hold on a minute. In Mesopotamia, they were still living in mud huts and skin tents. You know what I mean? Why do you consider them the first culture at 5,000 years ago when 7,000 years ago these dudes were living in block houses? Well, you have, <laughs> two, you have two equal but opposite problems. The first being that we understand cultures move forward, but we never think about the idea that they can fall down, mm -hmm. right? Correct. So we're always trying always and trying to make history like this straight line, and it's like, no, we've, we've tried multiple times and failed before we finally got it right. <laughs> Right, and I mean, it's debatable as to whether we ever actually did. I mean, right. at one point we were able to create structures that were able to stand for ten thousand plus years. Right, look at the right. Temple of Jupiter, and you know, several Petra. You know, Petra ain't going nowhere, dude. I don't care what global event happens, Petra is not moving. Right, I get a little. I've actually been to Petra. I've seen it with my own eyes. It's it's grand and it's beautiful. And speaking speaking of cave systems, there are cave systems in that area where people do still live. Well, one of the yeah. one, of, one of the things I, I the point Bedouin. Out my, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but one of the things I point out to my gamer friends over in Gamerland all the time is uh, that peasants are not stupid, and they're like, "What? What do, what do you mean?" It's like they're uneducated by our standards, but they had more free time. In, this, in the form of holidays and seasonal shift than we did with which to fill that time with specializing in what they were good at 
So they were yep. very good at a wide range of skills, and they were better masons and better stone cutters and better builders and better well, agrarians than we could possibly do now, but we have greater technology for greater yield. It's different, have, but it's not necessarily better. <laughs> yeah, no. I have a I have a question just I have a question just to think about for a second, dude. But when you look at like ancient Egypt and the petroglyphs and hieroglyphs inside the pyramids and stuff. Right, you see the gods, and they always appear to be, you know, like double the size of the human. Right, like yeah. what if this whole time we've had it asked backwards, and we're not the descendants of the little humans, we're the descendants of the gods. Like I said, there were there were two problems. The first problem, of course, being that societies have collapsed multiple times. The other problem is our our actual timeline is wrong because it's been politicized. And what I yes. mean by that, to use Egypt as an example is Egyptologists, especially the Egyptian Egyptologists, are Egypt first, history second, and their politics right. are supporting their specific branch of not archaeology that's totally archaeology, right? Well, that's so, Darwinism so, supports the Roman Catholic Church's idea of possible evolution, right? Sure. But, but it, it, it also has a contradiction with it, right? Yeah. So why are those both of those things so heavily upheld when the Darwinism can literally be disproven? As far, now, I, don't get me wrong. I, I do believe in evolution. I do not believe that humans evolved from fucking apes, okay? There is so much evidence saying that we have lived right alongside of apes for millions of years. Well, not right. That we did not come from them. We've well, always lived next to them. Well, then that's the example of a problem. It's not that we descended from apes. It's that apes and humans have a common ancestor. There's an in-between, quote, missing link anthropod that we are not anthropod hominid rather that we don't yeah. know what is. Right? Or there's an simpler explanation in that there just isn't. That we're two completely different stems of life. I mean, that's entirely possible too. But then, to go back to what you were saying, you were asking about what if we descended from giants, which I'm open. I'm open to the possibility, right? But then, when you're talking about the, the timeline being flawed, you know, because the Egyptologists don't want to accept the Green Nile, or the idea that the Sphinx is older than it is because of, of the weather pattern uh, markations and so on, right? Easily 25,000 years old. I, I get what you're saying. But you also have to remember, essentially, newer adjustments, where, like, the original gods, the the uh, upper and lower Nile deities that were animistic and were part human, part animal, because they well, were... were Zoroastrian before that, weren't they not? No, I'm talking even even older, like the very early portions before the, the influx of Aramaic influence. Okay. Zoroastrian is quite... What, well, new, quote-unquote. I mean, it's it's but, one of the things it's that older Christianity... Than, older than Christianity from. and Gnosticism. But, well, but it's, 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 it's where Christianity got a lot of its uh, ideas, among, among other other but, things. There but are other podcasts about that. But what I'm getting yeah, what I'm bringing up is that in between there, you have the Ramesside dynasty, and the Ramesside dynasty implemented state-funded religion, an official version of the religion. 
They scrubbed out all the things that were uh, uh, Upper Nile, all the, the inner African traits they didn't like. They removed Anubis and a bunch of the other animal-headed deities that they could get, a, get away with. And they instead implemented Osiris and the idea of the Pharaoh is Ra, or Harakti, as a living god. And all these things that we take for granted as being Egyptian now that were basically the mega churches of their day. It's literally yeah. the, the, the modern super church version of a religion. <laughs> Enjoy listening to podcasts and ever wonder, can I make a podcast? But it seems so complicated and good audio production can take time. What if there was a way to create an amazing podcast easily? Well, now there is. Introducing Podcasting Made Easy from Podtastic Audio. My production team will handle your entire audio production, allowing you to be the star of your show. This is Podcasting Made Easy. How easy? Well, so easy, you don't even have to press record. Now that's easy. Your listeners are waiting. Let's deliver. Sign up for a free strategy call today at podcasticaudio.com slash easy yes uh, well like if you if you look at egypt it was built in several layers right oh, and yeah. the yeah. the sphinx easily before the last ice age i mean so it's i mean we're talking twenty thousand years approximately 24 <laughs> I mean, that thing has stood i mean we're pretty sure that thing is Ah, we're one pretty at sure a time, guys. They, one at a time. We're pretty sure <laughs> yeah. before they added the face to it that it was a lion. That rock has always been there. Yes. And, and, and there are other areas on Earth where we found examples where they started to carve a large rock face into a, a sitting lion figure, right? Yeah. And not yeah. around Egypt. Further uh, west, or excuse me, further east, uh, Turkey, Cappadocia, all in those areas, they found similar types of carvings and structures um but i with the egypt thing i'm not necessarily saying we came from the giants or that their gods were the giants i'm saying that maybe we were always our size they saw us as the giants and they were the little people that we used to make the pyramids and all this other shit. we got inside the pyramid when the global collapse was about to happen and we are the survivors so right I like what um, what Sunseed is uh, is saying here that um, you know like as as with the um, you know how us humans uh, came to be like there is not one spot where uh, where human life originated from or where we e- evolved so like why why not the same with uh, like with our early ancestors why couldn't we you know if have if if you will um or adapted evolved from you know multiple creatures multiple entities multiple sources i mean i I mean it it gets it gets super complicated not because you're it's a bad idea but because we're stupid Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that's yeah. just like culture. Culture started in Mesopotamia, but then you look up the the root of the word Caucasian, and it brings it back to the Caucasus Mountains, where uh, man first migrated from 2.3 million years ago, or whatever the story is, cool. right? But it's a lot further back than 5,000 years. Well, so, the, like, well, I, well the, the 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 prevailing belief 
is that the migratory pattern spirals in and spirals out from the Indus Valley uh, in the middle in the Middle East to all points. So eventually, we come to the Caucasus and then migrate back down, right? I mean that makes sense insofar as it goes, but this also hinges on several presumptions that scientists don't want to talk about. I'm not saying science is wrong. I'm saying these are presumptions that existed before even the scientific method existed as a formalized concept. And one of those is is that there's a Garden of Eden. Nobody wants to say that they're looking for the Garden of Eden, but they're assuming that there had to have been a Garden of Eden because there had to be one place on Earth where all humans come from, absolutely. Right? When we can actually say that, no, more than likely there were multiple cradles of civilization, there were multiple human-like, proto-human civilizations, and that multiple multiples of them fared or failed or were incorporated through intermarrying warfare and, and breeding until they no longer exist. The reason I say that the the reason you can't say these kinds of things outside of this forum is because we're stupid. Is because you and I know as we're sitting here, someone's gonna try and jump on that and make a bioessentialist argument, either for or against, right? To infer that therefore people of other ethnicities aren't human, or that we're supporting that idea, which we're not, right? or any kind of other self-serving diatribe to undermine the fundamental argument that maybe yes. humans come from multiple places. We're yes. not mature all enough humans, for let, yeah, Hold on. Let me do the Dave Chappelle thing right off rip. <laughs> okay. All humans are equally valuable. They are all equally important, and we love them all. Okay? But we came, we, we, we came from different pockets of the earth. All right? We started in different areas. Right now, I I honestly think like I, I think of humanity like look at monkeys. All right, look at the, right. there's a group of monkeys in Asia that just at the break of the last ice age they separated into two different tribes. One of them went north, one of them went south. Now they are the same genus and species of monkey, still technically on paper, but they can no longer reproduce with each other because one group has basically evolved to living in Arctic environments. They have thicker hair, they, they bathe in hot springs when it's like 11 degrees outside. And then you have another group of them that is living in a tropical environment. They don't want for food. It's just like readily abundant for them. They've developed a much bigger body structure because they're able to pack in more calories. It's just, they're considered the same on paper, but they can no longer reproduce with each other. So, quick question: uh, want want to uh, want to think about this? Uh, like, if there are multiple cradles of of human civilization, of of like us humans, and you know, like we said with the the monkeys and the apes, we have lived uh, alongside them. Could you say the same thing about pygmies, dwarves, all the uh, the little? mythological folk and, and giants because in in every culture as we've seen with uh like part one of this and the the like what is it two three we uh we did about giants and all the other times we mentioned them it's looking like we have always lived alongside some giant people or some kind of pygmy or or dwarf race whether they be high up in the mountains 
or underground or like here in Europe, you know, in the in the woods. So in the Native American tribes is is far back. Well, it is is in our recent history as close as 400 years ago. Many of their chiefs were enormous. They were from a different tribe apparently. And the chiefs of certain tribes only their children only mated with the chiefs of other tribes that were of the same bloodline, right? And that died off some time ago, but as as close as 400 years ago, we have those tales and we know the story of the Lovelock Caves and there's plenty of evidence from that. So I mean, we know we've lived alongside something much bigger than us and much smaller than us throughout a large portion of history. You know, I mean, this this is not a new story. The thing is, I think they've honestly hid this from us because it leads to several other conclusions eventually no matter what. It's always going to point to the procession, the, the basically the apocalypses and the whole nine yards. You know, okay, but I think with those like with those pygmy tribes and uh, or the you know the dwarves, whatever those tiny mythological creatures and the giants, would they come from the same pockets as um, as, as humans did? Since uh, apparently we have lived alongside them forever, pretty much. See, anyways, maybe so. five or six processions ago. That's what I was saying with the monkeys in Asia, right? That we could have easily split from them and like the giants and titans were from three processions ago, or the titans were from three processions ago, the giants were from two processions ago. What we knew as our gods were from like the procession right before ours, before the last ice age. And then here we are, you know, in the fourth turning. So yeah. it's- This is why- Go ahead, go ahead. Lee, by, by the way, welcome this is, general. This is why I was asking about What's your your opinion (laughs) on uh, essentially proto-hominid tribal groups and their influence on folklore? Because we're back to evolution insofar as if we assume there are multiple cradles of civilization and there have been multiple styles of humanity throughout history, right? Then, you know, when you ask what happened to the little people on the little island uh, that were replaced by modern Polynesians... Well, we know what happened. We just don't want to admit it. But yes. they were either bred out, conquered out, genocide, or died out before we even got there. Because as as interesting as little people might be, it's not necessarily a positive survival trait outside of a, a closed environment. No, definitely. You know, this, and the raw metrics this... of evolution still apply. <laughs> It's true even more so for island nations, though, but think about this. Our sea level goes up and down readily. Every couple hundred years, it rises and falls to sea level, right? We've only been recording history for a couple hundred years that that they're telling us about. So, I mean, we know there's cycles to everything. On those island nations, it's even more true that if those populations ever had moments where they had to flee up into the mountains and then, you know, survive for a little while before the sea levels drop back down, they were getting chased up into the hills and all getting condensed into one small area with all of these tribes and everything. And it came to kill or be killed. You know, it it was the... Even in a a different way going off what, um, you know, Mr. Runite has been uh, been saying that just being tiny isn't, you know, if if you want to survive, you better be, better be big. Like, 
you all know the like the stories of the like the stork bringing babies, and that's you know how babies come to be and whatever. Um, now I I have seen uh, videos and I have read theories about it actually being like the other way around that storks because uh, we know uh, those you know, the, um, I don't know the the English name but the, they're they're like their gray kind of cousins who will eat baby ducks and and whatever but uh, that they actually yeah that they actually stole babies. Uh, we would see them as babies because they are so small, but they are actually like pygmies, or they are that you know those those little oh, yeah. people. And dude, I mean, of course, you know, if you see have been at war for thousands of years. I mean, if you see a stork flying through the air with in its like in its beak, what you like what you consider to be a baby because of the size and um, you know just like holding it up by like the loincloth or whatever you can see you can like confuse that or like turn that eventually into like a like a cloth diaper so what you're, what for you're example is that willow was not a, a fantasy film it was a documentary and george lucas is fighting the power <laughs> <laughs> very very uh, I mean, uh well i mean look they're a record they're a record of the pygmies right we know the pygmies existed and the greeks wrote about them as far back as 400 BC, right? There are Greek depictions of pygmies fighting storks, right? Now that they said that they weren't in the area of Greece, that they were witnessed in uh, two different areas around India and Ethiopia, right? So, I mean, this history goes back thousands of years. The, the, the storks and the pygmies, boy, they've been at war for a long time, you know? And yeah, I think Stein's right. Like the whole Cabbage Patch doll in the the baby's getting carried in by the storks. You know, it, if anybody ever saw a stork carrying a piggy up into the air to drop it, to tenderize it, they, you know, they might misinterpret the stork as carrying a baby off into the air. Yeah, you know? and, and that's that's a good one with the with the cabbage patch. Um, <laughs> if if they are, yeah, like if they are really that small, if there are creatures that uh, that small, and we, or I should say, you um have found a uh a couple i have the uh oh yeah the uh, japanese ones dude yeah the, and the, the japanese and the, Afri- and the african ones the uh the abatwa who were who were said to yes. be um you know the, the size of or like smaller Many. even than um, under the leaves and that Hold up. that I got, reference I, I got the picture right here like riding an ants and like I mean, we all know, we all know how small ants are. Imagine if they are even they are even smaller than that. And I can, <laughs> I can totally imagine if you are like if they if they do exist or have existed this this tiny, I can imagine there are sizes that you know would be able to hide in a cabbage patch. Ant people. I'm just saying. Yeah, that's ants, that's a, yeah, little that, people, that's, ant people. It's that's what I said yesterday. Like again with the ants, like ants and people. What's up with that? Like yeah. Now, the the Japanese had some awesome ones. Uh, the Porpukur were one, and then there was another one that was specific to Okinawa, right? But the the Porpukur, 
right? They were the people below the leaves. They were the little ones, local to the Ainu. Uh, they were skilled fishermen. They helped villagers and traded with them, you know, but they always did their work at night. They hated to be seen. And uh, it said that their tiny tools and whatnot could still be found all over that that area. Um, now, the Kofukur, and I can't, dude, I can't remember the name of the other one. The other uh, one were bigger. But they... Kiji Kijimuna from Okinawa? Are you? Yes, the Kijimuna. Yeah. There, dude. There's uh, there's some awesome stories behind those guys, and that was another one that had like a deep history. You know what I mean? You didn't just find a little bit here and a little bit there about it. Like a lot of the little people legends, you find like one story that it came out of originally, right? But those guys, uh, and especially in Japan. Those legends go up to really recently, you know what I mean? And still some accounts in modern day where the, um, the Kijimuna basically still commune with certain families only. They, uh, hold on. Interesting. They, they, they were slighted by one of the villagers, basically. Um, somebody grabbed one of them and it pissed them off. And they, they stopped showing themselves to people except for certain families. And that legend huh. is, that legend actually is the same in a bunch of different little people mythology, um, um, the South American ones. I'm looking at the uh, the Wikipedia page real quick from for the uh, the Kijimuna, and again they were said to have red hair. Yes. Ah, very well, interesting. That's time. Blonde and red hair, just well, like two of the other one? groups that we've talked about already. And, right. And All the, right. Okay. Like the, the giants as well like it's well, just it's so well, odd uh, a couple of things here let's not forget in japanese culture specifically uh the color red is attributed to magic uh sure. so red-headed people are magical or fey uh which of course does cognate but this would imply then that they might attribute to a people that, you know, oh, all the little fey creatures have red hair because they're they're magical creatures. The other thing is, I, I'm going to go. I'm having some trouble with my stream yard, unfortunately. Aww. Right? But before I go, I want to say, I just had I... the weirdest phone call. And I think it's your fault. <laughs> I, I got a phone call. Stay, mate. And I, <laughs> I got a phone call and I answered and there was no response. And then they played music and hung up. So what if I can never like... see me again, we are never see me again. The people off. is taking me. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Uh, well, uh... What music was it, mate? Before you go, <laughs> I, I have I have no idea. Like some weird music box style music. It was. Oh, yeah, that's that not creepy at all. Unknown. Okay. Oh yeah. Well, um, weird it's been stuff. nice knowing you. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, well uh, tell Hillary I said hi, bro. We'll set up a GoFundMe for you too. Look, if they, uh, if they black back me and I die, I'm coming back to haunt you. <laughs> I'll uh, tell you what I see. <laughs> see you later. Okay. Uh, Generally, I give unto you my role. Help keep oh, this thanks, thing pal. Going. Um, yeah, hopefully we can speak again at some point, mate. Yeah, you know. Yeah, no, it's, right? uh, it's just it's been it's, it's been good weird. having you. Uh, it's been good having you on. Like, yeah, man. If in those last minutes you look up and see Hillary, just start talking about Monica Lewinsky and say she's your friend and run away. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I mean, if, if I'm looking at, at Hillary, I think that's opposite thinking. Oh man, 
Yeah. Oh, you have to shock and awe her and then haul ass. I mean, Jesus. Yeah. Imagine last thing you you ever see is Hillary Clinton. Oh no, yeah. I mean, imagine if it's last, if it's Hillary. But yeah, she oh, pulls man, her skirt up and she's got she's got a foot longer. You're gonna be in problems then, aren't you, lad? Oh, so, like are are we talking <laughs> Hillary Clinton her human form or her actual? form? Yeah, Hillary Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> well, I Not mean, it. we can't pronounce her, her name. Really, I take you up into the end, and they just all look like Hillary. Yes. Oh, all, man. The aliens they get up in the ship and they just all look like Hillary with evil grins. Hell no. I'm, I'm, I'm out. Then I'll see you guys I'll stay here. Hey, I, hey, mate. I'm the plane. I, I dropped my, uh, drop my, my, my deets in the private. Okay. Hey, it's, been, uh, it's been good. Sorry, mate, got that it's been good, sir. <laughs> well, guys, down to three. We are the triangle and the trinity once more. It always yeah. ends that way somehow. <laughs> right? Even with the, with the Ragnarok stuff, like we we go from like six to like five, four, just down to down to three, or even just stuff we. Uh, I think like the last we, one ended had, with two. Yeah, I, or even if I had a tornado just, pop up nearby and I had to haul ass. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Or even if it's just with the tribe, you know, it's always you, uh, you Raven and me just ending up. And then eventually you have to go because you know wife and kids and all. And then me and Raven just talk shit and talk about wrestling for like half an hour. Now, dude, I found one Stein from Germany, bro. That blew my mind. The Heinzel mention. The right? Man. The Hein. Heinzel mention. I mention. H e i n z e l m a with the two dots over it. N n c h e n. This I did not know that the notions that fairies are small are a Shakespearean invention. I know. I these know ones go back. By the way, this, White Elf, White this Elf. is one of the helper class ones, and these guys go way back, dude. Their lore goes back thousands of years. As they long as me. people have been building homes, the Heinzel Mansion have been helping them. I'm very interested. Mate. They are supposed to be connected with the city of Cologne in Germany. Yes. Yeah, I I saw that, and I just. It, it just, I don't know. That's how it sounds to me. So, if I'm mispronouncing oh, it to anybody out there, I apologize. I am American. <laughs> Explains a lot. Fucking hell, Stein. Hey, I'm, I'm just saying. That was rapid, that, mate. That was Listen, I accept, it, I accept it as a linguistic handicap, man. Fuck it. <laughs> okay. Well, gosh, mate. It's all it. <laughs> Yeah, another mythical race of uh, akin to gnomes or elves. Okay, little house gnomes again. Helpers around the house, dude, always. Yeah. And dude, you, you there's that, that's another one. There's like I only I only am really getting into some of the ones that have like a lot of stories behind them, dude. And the Heinzel sure. mentioned you actually find like local accounts of them again. They are. They are, of course, connected to the the brownies, dwarves, dwarfs, elves. You know all the all the good stuff. Tonto or Nissa, yeah. Now, see, here's my theory. The government has trapped, and they're using the giants, right? The, the giant of Kandahar. I mean, our, our American military has obviously gone on hunts for these things. You know what I'm saying? And it's yeah, not. So was so we're led to believe. Gosh, mate, I, I don't know. What what do you think? What do you What's think that? About? Did, 
about the Kandahar Giants? No, see, I honestly, I think they're just leftovers from our our ancestors or what we would call our gods. They're like hybrid, uh, the hybrid bastard children from them from before the last ice age that just managed to survive. You know, and from all from all of the accounts of them, they have abilities and sciences that we still do not. I mean, we look at them and they're wearing skins and we're like, oh, how primitive. But they can talk to us telepathically. You know what I mean? And the fact that they have uh, they've had so many different tales up in the Kandahar Mountains, these things, it's not just the giant of Kandahar. I mean, these stories go back years and years and years when our soldiers were there before Desert Storm and Desert Shield um, trying to secure areas in Afghanistan for poppy harvesting and whatnot. Yeah. Um, they ran into these caves that the natives wouldn't even go near. They would not get anywhere near the mouth of them, dude. And they, like, they would avoid these cave entrances by a hundred years or better. And it, it was always odd to them, and they always just said, there's dangerous things there, stay away from them. And they, they didn't talk about it. It was like some Lord Voldemort shit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. don't say a thing. But, uh, it's like, the, the Lovelock is the same, the same story, dude. Yeah, it's like, uh, like you're saying, if locals uh, are telling you, like, don't go there, you, you, you're going to not go there, aren't you? Or, or at least be intrigued on, on what's really there, but still. And that's, like, that's another well, good tip. Listen to the can, locals. Yeah. We can look We can look in the Lovelock Caves and we actually found, like, little bones and shoes and a little bit of proof that those Indians burned out some giant being. Or it pretended to be burned out, went further into the earth, and escaped some other way. You hey, know? I hey, mean, hey that's, that's possible. I mean, that's that's going back to um, like we we've we've talked about this um, on our uh, on our Giants podcast, but going into the um, the Hollow Earth Hollow Earth theory and that and, Giants. I mean, isn't that how it's, think... how it was first set in the Bible? Like there were giants living. Like in the in the earth or like something like well, that. Not not on. Dude, but- look in the Volaspa. It it even says in the Volaspa that when the giants went to war, where did their women go? They sank back into the earth, right? So this is a common thing, not just there, but on North America and in all of these other cultures. Giant red-haired cannibalistic beings that you know go to war with humans. And then when it's time to break away, they sink back into the earth. Now be that into a cave system, or they actually have burrows in the ground that they lived in, whatever the case may have been. But when people say hollow earth, they think, you know, Jules Verne journey to the center of the earth, shit. But you look at America and the mammoth cave system stretches from freaking one coast all the way to the other. Now you may have areas where you gotta squeeze through, you know, a tube where most spelunkers wouldn't want to, but you mm. can actually get from one cave to the other under the continental U.S. basically from one side to the other without ever coming above ground. That is fascinating. So, that, mate. I mean, when you think about the hollow earth theory, it's really not that absurd, dude. Look at Hellier, Kansas, right? There are Hellier, um, I don't know if it's Kansas, but it's one of those uh, central yeah, states. That, that the, the, the little short gremlin demon dudes. There have yeah. been reports of those guys since they started populating that town 140 plus years ago. There's been multiple and, accounts of them. And, and that's why I, people, any family in Hellier 
knows you can't live on a farm by yourself. You had to live in a community. And could that also be the reason, um, besides, you know, the, the the explanation that they are also like interdimensional creatures? I've heard that too. But let's just assume for a moment that they are uh, like physical creatures, like you and me. Could that also be an explanation? Uh, why like they all of a sudden disappear like you'll be chasing one and then all of a sudden it's like okay but where did he go like just just a second ago he was like two feet in front of us and now he's just he's gone now let me bring you to modern time you ever heard of missing 411 yeah yes okay. I, 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 I love that mate I love it it's, I've not covered it yet uh, just people disappearing uh, into boulder fields and they're all germanic in descent they found out that like 90% of them are all uh, of a certain group of germanics it, i believe it is said that the oh, that uh, the, the, um, the fae or fairy folk are involved with that cuz um, I, I believe think I believe about harmonics yeah 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 oh, right and the ant people being able to chant put their head up against the stone and sink into it what if it's just a, a bit of harmonics that we've lost the science to through the years, or lost yeah, the ability guess. for? Now, right now you're now you're talking. <laughs> but what what if it's just a simple manipulation of stone through harmonics? Maybe that's how the pyramids were built. How the ninety hundred ton blocks in uh in Cappadocia and and, and uh, the Temple of Jupiter were moved. You know what I mean? The, the biggest stone megalithic blocks on the planet are at the Temple of Jupiter, and those they they make the the pyramid blocks look tiny, right? I mean, that's that's basically part of the, like the uh, the Greater Tartaria theory, you know, cymatics and uh, the study of sound and the use of sound for like levitation and all of that. Right. And now I can I can I can definitely see how like attuning to a a certain frequency could also make you just disappear now have you ever seen uh the the geometric symbols in relation to uh, a certain breed of elves or dwarfs or little people right what if it's that 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 symbol all right Let, let's use the uh let's use the volknut for example right sure Let, let's say the volknut is um um a representation of a shape that happens when a certain harmonic happens and like Let's say there's sand on a table and a certain sound happens in a shape form, right? Well, what if those like, symbols are just telling us what harmonic frequency we need to access a particular doorway? The rose windows in, in churches and all, like they, yes. are, actually, they are actually in the, the shape of um, vibrational frequencies. You can actually Correct. replicate that with, you know, a table of sand and all that. Okay, now... What if that is just the frequency for a doorway? Yeah. Yeah? I like that idea, man. I love it. Okay. Now the ant people are able to use those frequencies to travel into stones. And let's say their frequency looks something like a spiral. And that's why those people always drew spirals. Right? But it represents the doorway in stone. Right? I mean, now, there's already that like about... Isn't that how it's portrayed in like popular media as well? Like kind of a, a spiral or just like a bunch of circles, just yes, going yes, bigger. Concentric circles. I, I can, yeah, I can totally see like how from like from a certain angle that would look like a like a spiral, and you know, like a, a spiral. Just you know, look at a corkscrew. That's a spiral. What do you use it for? Or a hole in a stone. 
bore a yeah. hole through a stone and then look up through a light at it, right? The spiral hole through the stone and the whole yeah, nine yards. Exactly. <laughs> and and what if you could do that with frequency and just like you know, attune yourself to the frequency of that rock and not actually destroy it, but like just you know, drill a way through with the use of frequency vibrations. Now, let's say that Bigfoot, the little people, and all these things that don't want to be seen, all these creatures that are out in nature, the one category of them that do not want to be seen, have that ability. Sure. When they don't want to be seen, they sink off into a field of boulders, right? And just disappear. They're inside one of the rocks or into the ground behind one of the rocks or whatever the case may be. They, right? Like basically, or no, I mean, that, that explains, like, that explains yeah, the no, missing 411. The pyramids. And, the claims, and like the claims that they could be like um, interdimensional as well. Because. Yes. Like and if, is it necessarily if, a different dimension or is it just into the ground? Or a mountain or a rock? I mean, that I mean, is, yeah. I, I know asking the question if you're if you're able to attune to a uh, a different frequency, are you actually traveling into a uh, a different dimension? Which is a topic for like for, for a uh, for another time, but I I do think like maybe maybe it is one and the same. Maybe you go like through a kind of different dimension through some sort of rifts. Um, or that's that's what it looked like to the only people that have ever witnessed it. When they seen it happen, they just see like a ripple in the rock, and this thing sinks into it, and they're like, "Dude, he walked into a doorway into another dimension." I can't explain it. Yeah, like I, I've I've heard that um, I've heard that mentioned before that it kind of looks. I mean, we all know how uh, like on just an incredibly hot summer day, how the um, how the road looks, how the tar the tarmac looks. You know, kind of heat waves like it's kind of kind of watery and whatever what if it looks like looks like that you know th you could say that those are kind of vibrations i mean you're seeing something that is well not hap not happening but it's you know it's a combination of like heat and now uh, you know the there's a, and all. there's a viral video there's a viral video that went around maybe about two years ago where it was a uh, like somebody was in like a tunnel through a mountain, like a, a tunnel you drive through, right? Yeah. And they were about to come out of the tunnel, and their dash cam caught the shock wave coming at them, right? And you could see like the earth ripple up, and everything bounced, and all of a sudden their frame of view comes back in, their car's sitting back still, and the cave's still intact, and they just hauled ass out of it. Right, and this viral video went around, and people looked at it and examined it, and were like, "It's definitely true." It was on that Fact or Fake show, and all kinds mm -hmm. of other shit, right? But there was no explanation for it. There was no bomb testing. There was no earthquakes at the time. There was like no logical explanation, unless somebody opened up a harmonic sonic doorway somewhere nearby, and you know. That's I mean, I can I can totally see how that would like happen on on accidents for example like you're kind of just playing around with a couple of things and you know a a tune comes up or you generate something i mean maybe that's, that's let's like say some all right let's say some idiot is driving through a tunnel in the middle of a mountain he's got a set of subwoofers in his trunk bumping off right sure and he hits the wrong harmonic tone and he sets the whole mountain to jump. You know I mean, what I dude, mean? it's it's even I I I uh this 
uh, this guy on YouTube, music YouTuber Adam Neely, is really good. But he uh, has a whole video about how a a certain song from uh, from Janet Jackson. I don't I don't know who it is uh, or like what song it is exactly, but the um, the bass or the bass line actually makes your computer crash. Really? Oh no shit! Yeah, like just. Um, but that's that's also because of you know the the frequency and how it's how it's mixed and all of that and like of course you have people like kind of experimenting with it you know playing songs through the speakers and holding their laptop yeah up to so it's it's loud. Loud. and their laptop got... just you know dies when that bit comes on so like if we can do that with you know music and, and music mastering so is it a frequency that's creating EMF? No, it's no, it's not even EMF. Um, you know what? Just keep talking. I'll I'll, uh, I'll see if I can if I can find the see, now, video. Real think quick about that I'll, though. Uh, that that'd be I'll really curious, Stein. If all of a the sudden they hit a certain frequency or they found a harmonic tone that created an EMF pulse that knocked your computer out. You know, are you talking? To, are you talking that. more like a virus embedded in a sound? No, 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 like actual uh, frequencies. Um, I think what you just um, said, Danash, that's um, baseline. Highly, yeah. highly likely that, that they could achieve something to that extent. Oh, for sure. Oh, dude, did you hear yeah, about definitely, Pegasus? Definitely. No? The United States government got this piece of tech from another country, right? And what it does is allow them to basically turn on the camera and audio of any cell phone anywhere, whenever the fuck they want. Oh, I've heard of something along those lines. Yeah, I wasn't. I don't know the full details. Like, is that what it's called? Pe- Operation yes. Pegasus. Yes. 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 And here's the crazy thing: there, there's a lot of speculation that this thing can actually do what that. You remember? You ever see the Batman movie where the cell phone would send out a sound pulse and then it would receive it back? And oh yeah, when you've got oh, yeah, yeah. Radar mapping using cell phones. Radar mapping, yeah, yeah. Yes. Radar mapping. Or sonar mapping, maybe. Because it it would be sonar more than a radar. Because it was actually sound bouncing out of your cell phone and then back to your speaker. Yeah, that is classic sonar. That's that's how they use it. That's what sonar is. A frequency that you can't hear, but your phone, microphone, and speakers can put out and receive. And, And... when you think about that, dude, it is so damn possible. And now, when the U.S. government first got this thing, January 29th, they were like, we didn't get that. And then a story, like, somebody inside the government was like, yeah, we got it. So that story breaks, and then they were like, yeah, we got it, but we would never use it on the American people. Oh, yeah. Oh, of course you would And then, like, three days later, somebody breaks that story, and they're like, okay, well, we used it on the American people, but it was only a little test. Yeah. And like, yeah. Okay, we see where oh, this was. That going. old chestnut, mate. That old chestnut. Yep. And I think, like, I think that's the the, the thing too with, like, just how with how humanity has gone through so many resets. I don't think it's new technology. Like, nothing is really really new. new you know, like we have rediscovered, rediscovered. Yeah. Rediscovered. Yeah. Like, I mean, we we know the. Uh, the power of frequency. We know the power of sound. You know the classic opera singer breaking the breaking a glass and whatever. Like it's it's. I mean, by this point, that's become like a a party trick. We know the power of it. So, of course, we're gonna go further into that. Of of, of course, we're gonna you know like do 
deeper research and I mean yeah like who has better researches uh, and you know like in a, a blank checkbook than the government so of course and they they know like they know a hell of a lot more than they're letting on that's that's, one thing, that's for sure here's my new theory Stein and and this one this one puts it all into perspective and this I mean it connects all the dots in the whole nine yard right okay everything we see in public politics and everything is just a distraction all of it is just to keep us working so that they can keep piggybacking minerals and everything they need to build their doomsday bunkers just like the pyramids just like Darren Kuyu just like several other places on earth that we can show that you know we're around before the last ice age that somebody built and somebody survived inside of which obviously a lot of other people did not I mean isn't that pretty much common knowledge by now like yeah. at least in like at least in in our circles um, now when you measure procession and you go around to the last ice age when does procession start and end it's right in between aquarius and pisces where are we right now aquarius yup i'm just saying they like we're due bro like it's it's knocking on our door the government's starting to put themselves in bunkers rich people are starting to put themselves in bunkers and then a few other eccentrics are like yeah no we think we're going to do space instead look with all the um like with all the the human resets or like resets of, of you know of the world and whatever um we know that you know like just as humans we've had to start over multiple times mm-hmm. and but like now now I'm thinking because you know with the the whole Tartaria thing you know they do speak of giants as well and we really don't see them anymore um would be awesome would be kind of scary as well to just see like 10 foot 15 foot human no. being big foot bro <laughs> big foot one of the few that was caught in public you know what i'm saying how, how do we know that they're not still around and they've just adapted was, to hiding up in the mountains that's my question exactly and that's for the for the both of you um like wh- what do you think that if we had to uh like start over so many times you know find find our uh, our footing again find the like find the knowledge again and then find find a way how to like actually do something with it what, how do you think that would have been for you know for the giants or for the little people who are you know giants if something hits you know they're going to get they're going to get hit first if something floods the little people are going to yeah. get hit first I, everybody flees to high elevation in any global catastrophe the high elevation for some reason seems to be the survival spot cave systems in the mountains bunkers in the mountains whatever the case may be but at least over a couple thousand feet above sea level right So like up in the Rocky Mountains in America, or the Smoky Mountains on the east coast of America would do over here. You know, I'm not sure about the elevation in Europe. I know you where you are, Stein, you're like underwater. Like yeah. if dams break, y'all are fucked. Um so like you're in the you're in the situation that like New Orleans is in here. You know what I mean? Like they're dependent on physical structures to keep them from being underwater. Yeah. So that's obviously not the place that if we have a uh another procession coming you'd want to be so any little people anything that's been on earth that long 
that's kept the stories of their ancestors will know that when that happens, you flee up in the mountains. And I mean, obviously, we have tales of them still to modern day. People are still seeing them. Some of them survive. And that's like that's you know like going right into another question. Would it be easier for them to preserve that knowledge, or would they go through the same thing that we do with you know certain people stepping up, claiming to be the leader, but having their own more devious look, agenda in the meantime? Look at the last time in humanity that there was such a burst of talk of the little people and giants and everything. And it was right at the Dark Ages. Now, why would that be? Would it be because people are just falling away from Christianity? Because they're pissed at God? Because they've been starving for 11 months? And there's no sunlight? Or would it be because when food started to get scarce, they started seeing these fucking things again? I think I'm just it saying. Could be a couple of possibilities, Ash, mate. Um, and that's not what's looked at, is it? It's like. Um, it's like they'll look at, at the the easiest way out of uh, explain, explaining things. Yeah, that it didn't exist. Hence the Smithsonian. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah they, they <laughs> the giants that, in the Bible, man. those were alive, but everything else was real. You know, that's the thing I don't get about it, right? You have giants in Genesis. Genesis 6-4, the, the, the sons of God came down, bred with the daughters of man, blase, blase. Right? Philistines, a whole lot of giants. <laughs> um, so are they telling us that everything in the Bible was real except for the fucking giants? I don't get it. You know, did David not really battle Goliath? Like, where's this? You know, we have found the skeletons and then the Smithsonian's like, nope, they don't exist. Right? It's all a confusion I mean, tactic. Assuming they have, uh, like, giants and, uh, you know, the Fae and, and, and all those, well, let's just call them mythological creatures because that's what they are until we get, like, actual confirmation like what if they have uh telepathic powers and all of that i mean could could that have been also the reason why uh why we didn't write anything down until like the the romans or whatever came up because i mean of course yeah you have the the oral traditions but i i don't know if you have ever played that that game where you just sit in a in a circle and you know the the first person whispers something in the next person's ear and the telephone goes, game yeah, telephone yeah, yeah. game. That's it. That's telephone it. Telephone game. Yeah, and like the the last person, whatever he she says that was being said, guaranteed nine out of ten times that it's it's either something else entirely, or like it it kind of resembles of what was being said. So my point is. Oral traditions, like down to the generations, you know, my, my grandfather tells something to my father, he tells something to me, I I tell the story to, you know, to my son. But I guarantee you that the story I tell my son isn't the same story that my father told me or his father told him. So Yet the big girl in bright history. Yeah. Because a lot of our stories, a lot of our stories through history are years. Yeah, yeah, we see over the thousands of years too that, you know, so much has like stayed the same or, you know, become, became bigger or, you know, grander or whatever. It cannot just be oral traditions. Like, what if we had those powers too? What if we had those like telepathic, telekinesis kind of, uh, kind of powers and maybe 
like somehow I don't know this is just wild speculation but what if the uh, the giants the the pygmies the fae the kobolds the the, the, the nissa tonsa whatever what if they never like never really lost those abilities yeah and we just did throughout it now that's what i'm saying that's why they're still existing and they're just hiding they're using the cave systems and they have ways to get in and out of it using our harmonics or whatever the case may be that we just don't have and i think re- in recent history i think there was a guy that started to hit on some of that that uh he was taken out man nikola tesla right i think he started to get into some of that forgotten science and they were like dude when this guy opens up this doorway people are going to be able to open up other doorways and uh this is going to move too fast for us to hold on to and i believe that honestly they covered that shit up they're still holding on to that science and using it basically creating the uf what we see as ufo's and what not now mm-hmm. and i mean just just look at all the details of it dude donald trump's uncle was the one that got a hold of nikola tesla's notes and stuff yeah come on man. like don't tell me that these families haven't always been in charge always through history and then somebody like tesla comes along and it and is the bull in the china shop you know what i mean um, they're like he's, uh, he's not just he's <laughs> not just gonna blow the whistle he's gonna blow the whole orchestra you know oh yeah and they, they it's easy to explain away oh yeah it was just a uh, commercial battle between two competing industries right absolutely I mean, not that's... i mean that, that's just an easy way to explain it away merchants it's it's always about merchants it's always about about money and that's you know that's that's why i said that maybe we have lost those um those capabilities no. because we we were focused too much on the the earthly and maybe that happened with you know with the resets and all of that and it's just kind of i don't know like kind of ptsd like somewhere in in our our DNA or our genetics we're like we're we have so we have lost so much already let's just like grab onto this and not let go by well, have which, you ever you know, seen... we're, we're falling harder and deeper have you ever seen that building that Tesla was starting to make um that Wardencliffe the one that he died during the construction of or whatever the case may be before he ever got to finish it I um, can look uh, the name sounds familiar, I don't know. What's Now, it called, think actually? about this, right? Oh, Nikola the, Tesla. Yeah, 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 I've seen this. Nikola Tesla wants to build Wardenclyffe. He believes it'll be like a spire into the Earth energy and atmospheric energy and all this other stuff, right? And he said that there is so many other things that came with it, right? So many other doorways that it opened. And I don't think he was being metaphorical. I think he was being literal when he said it opened up other doorways to humanity, right? Yeah. I think he was being very literal with that. Now, yeah. Donald Trump's family, Donald Trump's family winds up with the boxes and the paperwork and all of the stuff and then Trump becomes a billionaire and starts building towers all over the place. I mean, There's one in the, Look at the size Maybe it's just a coincidence, Ash. Yeah, oh, man. I'm, uh-huh. I'm sure yeah. it is. <laughs> yeah. There like, are like no such else. thing as coincidences, dude. Yeah, coincidences, real, genuine coincidences, are so far and few in between, man. 
it's all yeah. connected. Yeah, that is. Um, I, I didn't know that about Tesla and Trump, but mate, that is fascinating. Now, now look at look at what the the pyramids were—a giant piezoelectric distribution block, right? Yeah. Especially when they had their gold cap on them and the uh, what is it, white granite or rose granite on the outside of them? Uh, yeah, white granite. Yeah. So basically that's an insulator the stone in the middle is a conductor there's a lot of weight put on it and it's got a gold tip right it's a giant effing battery now but i i would imagine that there was some type of aurora or something that came off of the pyramids when they were in their full built prime oh, like, yeah, some, like a glow like a, almost yes. like a glow type yes now do think, think about that do you think do you think like i mean this is probably far from it but, but do you think it would have any look like just say like uh, the northern lights what yeah almost like, like, like that yeah yeah yes. yeah do you think it now, would be yes now what do i think the pyramid was that is a self-sustaining fallout shelter sir among other uh, things uh, maybe maybe not not all of them but definitely some the of three them. first ones the big, the one they call the Great Pyramid that had the gold cap on it and the white stone walls, that one was before all of the other ones. There are no hieroglyphs in the damn thing. They call it, in the entryway, those hieroglyphs were written far after that pyramid was built. Yeah. Right? When you get into the heart of that thing, into the chambers that were just open through our recorded history, there's nothing written in. Not like some of the other pyramids that are literally carved in from door to tomb room, right? Yeah, high, they call it the pyramid of Khufu. They call it the pyramid of Khufu, but there was no Khufu found in it, right? <laughs> and there's no writing of Khufu around. So if so, they, if there are giants structures like that, you know, obviously built either with you know the help of frequency, cymatics, or giants or whatever. Like, I'm just wondering what would these. Like these pygmy tribes, the the Fey, the Cobalt, what would they have built? How would they have have built it? Because I mean, well, like if you, want, if you want to have, oh, you want to get into some good ones, dude. Look at the Veda, B E D D H A or A H, right? There are Veda monks nowadays that still carry the traditions of these little people. And there were two tribes of them, and they warred until the Veda killed the other ones off. Um, hold on. Let me find these shits. But they built they built stonehenges and altars and stuff. Uh, hold on. Yeah. Nitewo. N-I-T-T-A-E-W-O. Yeah. I and the Veda. The, the Veda, Veda, they are a ethnic group. Um, I'll just spell that again, please. Ash. N A, was it N A? V E D D A H or V E D D H A? I found it spelled both ways. Yeah, they are a um, yeah forest tribe, ethnic, ethnic kind of kind of. People. No, um, they go hand in hand with a tribe called the Nitewo, N-I-T-T-A-E-W-O. And just as, as recent as 1775, they killed off the last remaining Nitewo, and the Veda won the final war. 
So their Ragnarok was over. They they com- committed a genocide and wiped this other tribe out. Okay, what I'm reading here on uh, Wikipedia, at least, let me uh, let me share my screen real quick so that you can all see it. Two is that they are the. Uh, I mean, it has been hypothesized, so there, which basically means they don't want to admit it. But they, that they were probably that they were probably that well, that they were the earliest inhabitants of Sri Lanka and have lived on the island since before the arrival of other ethnic groups. Now you notice yeah, it yeah, says yeah. other ethnic groups, uh, as in humans. Look up the yeah. Netewo. The 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 who? Netewo. N i t t a e w o. It's the one that the Vedas killed off. N-I-T-T. A-E. Yeah. N-I-T-T. A-E-W-O. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. They were said to be a small tribe of small... Yeti-like creatures. Yeti-like hominid cryptids. Does that he say that? so typical. Yeah, it... it well, it actually Bro, says that on. Uh, they, they were actually they actually existed in recorded history. They're they're not just a a, a legendary group of them. They were yeah, just killed see. off in 1775 to 1800. Wow. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, but of course, no archaeological evidence has been found. I bet. Smithsonian's, maybe. Yeah, in a group called Travis Monks again. I'm just saying, those Travis Monks show up in the funniest fucking places. <laughs> oh man, they were even described, or like even the uh, the Indo-Aryans had a word for them. Yet somehow, no evidence has been found. Uh, their um, altars, their altars are still existing in Sri Lanka. Oh, this is interesting. They were said to have a sort of language of their own, a sort of burbling or bird <laughs> twittering. Burbling. Yeah, yes. or like literally natural a, a you know, handful Stein. of Vedas could understand. Stein. Yes. Didn't, didn't they say that um, the Nephilim have a certain spirit? It was like a vibration or something along those lines. All groups. The Nephilim are the giants of Kandahar. Bada bing. Maybe they're <laughs> descendants. I, I don't know if they are the. Um, the last remaining Nephilim. That we know of. Yeah, that we know of, yeah. I always like to put that behind it. Like oh, that. yeah. They always. It was always. In every text, there's there's two kinds, right? There's the, the Nephilim that agreed with humanity and became leaders in humanity, like Enog. Right, then yeah. you had yeah. the ones that did not, and, like the giant of Kandahar, like the giant of the Lovelock Caves. They were people, and, and the same with the little people. You know, the the Tonta or Nissa. You know, they were helpers around the house and the, the yeah. uh, or the or the farm or whatever. And then they were there were the ones who like just didn't want to want anything to do with humanity or even you know very much disliked but agreed, them, but agreed to coexist. Yeah, like, you know, kind of a, if you leave me alone, we'll leave you alone. Uh, exactly. Like, if, if only, 
if only we could still do that now, like only if people were just would accept an agreement like that, like, hey, if you leave us alone, we'll leave you alone. Yeah. Dude, in the Philippines, let's talk about the Vedas because there's source material on those, right? Or in the Natewa, while you're looking through that. In Wikipedia, go down and click source material, right? There is an army captain named A. Rambukwell in 1775. Yeah. It is reported that the last of the Natewa were killed off trapped in a cave and suffocated with a fire for over three days just like the lovelock cave story yeah I was hey, yes. say, that, that sounds familiar but yes right. see what I can. <laughs> 1963 so I can i'm sorry ram buckwell ram buckwell had the last confirmed sighting in 1963 and then again in 1984 a spanish anthropologist named salvador martinez ran into more evidence that was later disappeared by the Smithsonian. Oh. Of course. Of course. No, I, I, I don't know how they could get away with it. Well, Bro, there's, there, are, there are boat captains that have said we were contracted to dump this load in the middle of the Atlantic, and we started dumping it, and it was bone. Some of the people kept some of the bones really? to test them, found out they were real. And well, the Smithsonian yeah. was dumping them in the Atlantic. Why? Yeah, why? Oh, uh, why are they are they able to litter uh, the ocean? Apparently, for what I'm us. seeing here on this this website, you know, yeah. just take the take the name with a grain of salt. And this is this is interesting, you know, to, uh, talking about always going higher up. They built platforms in trees covered with a thatch of leaves, and in these they lived. So basically, they lived in tree Banyan houses. Trees. A lot of them yeah. made, made homes in Bengal. Uh, do you think maybe they, they lived like treetops to avoid they predators? In, they lived in trees, caves, and crevices. crevices. While their prey consisted of small animals like the hare, squirrel, and tortoise. Groupings of 10 or 20 or more. Their speech was like the twitter, twittering of... Uh, birds. Of the birds, and this is talking about the uh, the Netevo or Netewo, indeed. This is interesting. Now, like I said, there's actual source material for a lot of the things we've talked about tonight. You can go in and find actual Harvard studies, anthropological studies by the American Museum of Natural History on a couple of these different things. Now, a couple of them that we've talked about are strictly lore. You know what I mean? And a lot of those fall into that category of the ones that used to uh, help out around the house fall into the lore category, right? Because we've not found any physical evidence of it. But when you get into the ones that existed, out, lived out in nature and did not want to be fucked with, like the Pygmies, the Netewo, the um, little Pedro, the mummy dude, um, the Namirigar, all of those dudes, we have anthropological evidence that they actually fucking existed. <laughs> so, I mean, it's remarkable. It, it, it's amazing that, you know, we, we still have this everything came out of Mesopotamia 5,000 years ago story, you know? Because if you think about it, if you've got the Darwinism story and then you've got the Roman Catholic Church story, and both of those are upheld very strongly, but they contradict each other, right? Yeah. And I think that's purposely just to keep everybody confused until the end. First. 
yeah, yeah. There's certain things that they seemingly don't want us to know, and they're, they'll they're... go to any lengths to, to keep them secrets away from us. Anytime, anytime something like this pops up, it, historically though, anytime there's real ever, evidence, they memory hole it almost immediately, and then the Smithsonian shows up. It's just, <laughs> I mean. It's just the oddest coincidence that like several anthropological groups will validate something and then the Smithsonian comes in and says, yeah, no, that's fake. Let us get it oh, off into the Atlantic, right? Hey, uh, we want to test that again. Well, you'll have to go swim for it. You know, it's just uh, fascinating. Yeah. The biggest it's, museum, it's... the biggest museum in the world, they have underground areas all over Washington, D.C., with stuff stored in them yet they've lost basically every piece of giant proof and they've had thousands and every piece of little people proof and they've had thousands over the last couple hundred years it's not a coincidence they're hiding something yes now is it malicious probably not but it goes against darwinism and christianity so you know, they've got they've got to put a plug I in yeah, yes. I, I think it, it may be malicious. I think there's something, something of significance that they're trying to keep from us. Yes. And that's just what that is, we don't know. I mean, we don't know. That's, that's just something, a whole bunch of things. Oh, yes. But I yes. think if we look at all of the pieces, the ancient apocalypses, the fact that some of these things survived through them with us, you know what I mean? Because I, we can look at all of our our lineages that are existing on Earth right now and know that we're all survivors. You know what I mean? We've all made it through every one of the past processions, ice ages, everything that's happened. We're here. Hey, otherwise we otherwise we wouldn't be here if our ancestors hadn't survived. I mean, we literally wouldn't have been here. So correct. True that, mate. So True. Make, makes you the think tales... how many, like makes you think how many lineages have. Like come to an end in those resets. I mean, I mean, look at the tail. We're already panicking about there now being eight billion people on Earth. You know, the the eight billionth has just been born like I don't know a week ago, a couple days ago. You know, we're already like, oh no, eight billion. Our, our planet can't sustain. Just yeah. imagine, like, if those those resets never happened, or if we dealt with them better. You know, like, Stein, how many people we would actually have? The, only reason we have problems with population right now and this is the, the the fucking only reason is because we decide to stack people a hundred stories fucking high in concrete jungles so far away from fucking nature and the natural light and sunlight and it, it just robs us of humanity right if we spread out properly and everybody has a five-acre fucking farm and does whatever the hell they want with it, <laughs> humanity would be a lot fucking better off for it, right? Yeah. But you wind up with these amalgamations, you know, that we call metropolises that are actually just a hindrance on the human race because you have to pump resources into them, but they put nothing fucking out, man. You know, look at, look at New York City. What trade goods come out of New York City? Fucking news? Pizza? Musicals? <laughs> I mean, pizza? seriously, yeah. dude. <laughs> Dollar pizza? <laughs> they, yeah. got some good, they got some good pizza? <laughs> oh, I, I mean, seriously, though, think about it, right? 
if New York City dropped off the map, what trade good would the rest of the United States be lacking right now? Trade goods? Exactly. Nothing exactly. Really? I mean, one hundred percent. You you could wipe out the populist centers of the United States, the West Coast and the East Coast, the North the Northeast, knock those two populist centers out, and the rest of the United States would still function one hundred percent correctly. Right after they fix the power grid. Of course, the U.S. would probably, you know, take an economic hit that they'll never. Economic hit? Why? They're drained, dude. They're fucking. They're toilet bowls of money. We're just fucking flushing money down the toilet. I think I mean, how much resource is pumped into New York, man? What is New York putting out? All right, look at Philadelphia right now. Look at San Francisco, bro. They're writing checks for twelve hundred dollars for anybody that says they're trans. I'm just fucking saying. They're gonna have a big economic problem. That money's coming from somewhere, right? The rest of the United States is paying for that shit. Cut them off of the yeah. federal tip. California's yeah. floundering. Free cut, money. Cut free, free doesn't exist. It comes from somewhere. Yes, it comes off of the sure, back yeah. of everybody else. Yeah. Right. Of all, of now, all the, the hardworking people, and like, if I if I say hardworking people, I mean the blue collar people. I mean. Sure, like my dad is white collar, always worked hard, but I respect the blue collar people. You know, I'm, right, I'm now, blue collar myself. Before, so. before I go, I, I, I gotta jump off in a minute. But before I go, dude, uh, just fine, think was, about this this one metaphor with what we're talking about right now. Look mm -hmm. at ancient Egypt, right? You have the giant, the gods, basically standing up on pedestals, looking down at the poor class. Basically, yes. the serfs doing their labor and they're living off the fucking backs of them, right? We're yeah. doing the same thing now. We're pumping all this resource into these cities, right? All this food, everything yeah. into these cities. They're putting nothing back out. If we didn't have those giant toilet bowls sucking up resources, everybody in America would be rich right now. Or, You've got a point there, at, mate. You have got a at, point. Or at the very least, a lot less poor. That's my point. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think it's ridiculous, isn't it? That you've got the, the two ends, like the rich and the poor. It's it's just so fucking wrong. I mean, like, you know? I, that's like going. And they're in making the they're making the divide bigger, dude. They're constantly making they the do. divide bigger. They do. Yeah. And like this, this is like just going a little political here. I, I usually don't like to do that, but I, this uh, because of this, I can see why like socialism would be such a popular idea you know everything's centralized and the idea is that from that central point everything gets divided up equally. the problem that's like the that's, problem that's, with socialism yeah, that's yes, the it only works on a very small scale yeah it works for a small society right but the minute you introduce outside ideas there's ripples in the socialism and problems happen Right. Exactly. We could just... do it, like if we let, let let's say the tribe you know falls through with our goals, we wind up with a reservation. Right. We have the first pagan reservation. Everybody has five acres of land. Everybody farms their own shit. We still have technology. We make our own electricity. We need nothing from outside. In a society that small, socialism would work. But the yeah. minute you add leadership, That's socialism when it's change. Yeah. Um... Yeah, a change like, usually not not for the good. And I mean, you can't have a fully decentralized socialism. Which I mean, if it, the idea of a fully decentralized socialism would work, 
But the problem is you always have to have somebody in charge, somebody handing out the checks, somebody being the treasurer. And that's where the fucking problem happens. Absolute you know, power corrupts absolutely. It's right. It's a, Look it's at a the quote I exactly. throw around left and right. But it's exactly. Look at the Rothschild family, right? When you go back to the Napoleonic War, the Rothschilds came out, did a big media lie, and said, Napoleon wins the war. All these stocks tank. They buy every fucking one of them, right? They find out Napoleon lost. All those stocks go back up in value. The Rothschilds are now the richest family in the fucking world. I mean, the same thing is still is still happening now. It's just oh, like I, I don't know if you've seen that, but that. Um, the What's the new big lie? What's the new big no, lie? There, Global warming, there, bro. Oh yeah, but there's this. There was this uh, like troll Twitter account who like some some big aero uh, aerospace uh, business or company said that they were. Uh, like just gonna, like gonna stop manufacturing or whatever. Like some, so, uh, basically, some troll Twitter account by just tweeting out a like a complete lie, but presenting it as the truth. Yeah, tanked those stocks. Yes, and that's like Dude. that's how that's how easy it is. Just Correct. pretend to pretend to be something else. Say something Dude. that sounds. I know what you're talking about. Plausible. There was a. There was a company that was a pharmaceutical company and somebody got on their Twitter page or a, tw a page that was made to look like theirs and said, uh, we're giving away insulin for free now. Yeah, something the, like that. The company's, the company's stock absolutely tanked and they lost like $2.1 billion in value overnight. Wow. Right? Yeah. And it was all over a fucking tweet, bro. It's a good troll, though. It is a goal, especially if it gets the uh, farmer and them lot, you know, oh, they deserve if, it anyway. If pharma takes a hit, you know, you won't hear me crying. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, they deserve it. What is the, hold on. The pharmaceutical industry beyond making antibiotics and doing the one thing that they promised they would always try to do and never did, which was treat cancer. Um, what the fuck have they actually done? But absorb money and make another... Yeah couple yeah. people able to survive in a bunker somewhere yeah yeah they've uh, caused so much death and, and misery and you know those are the those are the new giants giant corporations you know microsoft yes. meta google they are the new giants they are the giants of this age they're trying age. to institute a new world order through unipolar corporate socialism. i love that quote stein the giants uh, of the new age. It's just now they're merchants. <laughs> well, and, and, and Stein, brother, I love you. You guys know where to find me. I'm yeah always yeah. in the tribe. Most of the content that I do winds up in here. Although pretty soon I am going to start populate my own Odyssey channel and uh, rumble with some more shit. But uh, I always put the same videos on YouTube a little while later. Um, I love you guys. See you later. And generally, yes, it's been a pleasure, mate. brother. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Yes. Uh, hope to work with you again in the future. Yeah. And hit me up on Detox. Twitter. Man. De definitely will do soon. Let's all sort out, mate. And all right, I look brother. forward to it, Ash, mate. Nice one. Okay, you guys, take see, see you, Josh. Soon, see you, mate. That was great. See, this is this is why I love doing the uh, the podcasts with um, with Josh. 
Yes, mate. Um, thanks, thanks for uh, putting us in touch with each other. Um, you know, we're gonna sort some out. Oh, real definitely. Soon. You should yeah. definitely, uh, definitely do that. Like jo- Josh is, uh, he's a, he's a good one to, uh, to have on. I have done. I think this is the fifth. I want to say fifth, like fourth or fifth that I have um, have done with him so far solo. That is like just just my ah, name. Yeah. Although yeah. although now uh, you like uh, tonight it was supposed to be me and him, but uh, two other people came on. Like you're more, you're more than welcome, of course. And just for everyone that is uh, is watching the replay or you know listening to this, like if you like just if we're in the middle of a podcast and it's a uh, you know, a topic that interests you. Hit me yeah. up. Hit me up. Hit me up on lines. Hit me up on Twitter. Hit me up on on Telegram. Like if like you can join. The more the more the merrier. I I never expected to, you know, have four people on right now. I know you wanted to come on. Yeah. And then Joseph, the room. What is he like? Room nights something. He you know he came on. He was he was saying in the live chat like, hey you know, can I uh, like can I come on because. Can I put my two cents in? Can I be part of this? Yeah, sure. You know, and that's how we started with two, ended up with four, now back to two. I love this stuff, and um, thank you for uh, for coming on. Um, if I could make it, Stein, I know you'd do you'd, you'd do it for me. So it, it is an honor to be speaking with you, always, just, mate. Just returning the favor. That's all. <laughs> Anyway, anytime. Yeah. Uh, um, let the let the good people know where uh, where they can find you and uh, what what you are all about. Oh, no problem, mate. Uh, so I'm generally wholesome creator of subconscious realms. Uh, Instagram is at subcon underscore realms thirty three. Uh, Twitter is at subcon realms thirty three, and email subconsciousrealms at gmail dot com. I guess my show is just about anything really, anything, anything that I think is interesting, like especially uh, mythology. I love mythology. I've come to know know that. Yes, I love it, mate. Um, I love, this is this is why I love uh, you and your show so much. Is in my opinion, there's there's nobody else um, that covers the Norse pantheon like you do, mate. Well, I uh, I do my best. I uh, I try to get people on and uh, who who know their stuff. I try to uh, to do my research myself make sure i have everything right but um thank you thank you for the compliments and uh you're you're more than welcome to uh to join any other podcast where uh we're doing um so far i have a couple things lined up the one that i can actually say now uh because i have a uh, a date and a time set will be with thomas sheridan Yes, I Thomas Sheridan, nice one. I've had Thomas on. He is, oh mate, he is. Uh, he's one of those. He's like, oh, yeah, he's a I true am, gift to this community, mate. He really is. I am looking very much forward to uh, to talk with him. I have sent 
out other invitations as well. I still need to set a date with Georgina Rose. She has her own podcast as well. Ah, what's her name? Georgina Rose. Yeah, Georgina Rose. She is more into the uh, into the mystic mystic side of things. So I thought it'd be interesting to uh, to have a good talk with her. And I have some things in the uh, in the pipeline that I am still really trying big. to uh, to set up. I have a couple of well, at least one guest spot on unlocking the code. The Aussies. I finally oh, got a, yes. Uh, a time and date uh, set up with them, uh, like literally halfway or halfway across the world. No, the uh, the complete opposite opposite <laughs> side of the world. Yeah, so that yeah. was uh, that was that was a bit of a, a bit of a struggle, but we got something uh, set up for uh, coming Wednesday. Really, if that is uh, for anyone who might be listening to this in the future. That is Wednesday, the twenty third of November, twenty twenty two, depending on. You know which you're you're listening you're listening you're hearing this but yeah this has been the, the great horn pagans podcast with a bunch of people uh thank you generally thank you josh who has already left thank you oh god i i keep i keep forgetting names thank you joseph for uh coming from the from the live live chat into the the live stream thank you to everyone uh who was there in the in the live chats you can find us on all the bigger podcasting platforms you can find us on odyssey i post all the better edited versions of uh, of the podcast the videos i post on there and now since yesterday actually so since the 20th yeah we have merch we have Greyhorn Pagans merchandise, and I'm really excited about that. Of course, just in time for the for the holidays, uh, I was thinking of, uh, of doing that next year, but I was like, you know what? It's pretty easy to set up. Holidays are coming up. Why not? So uh, we are on Greyhorn Pagans Creator Spring. I will, of course, put all the links down in the description so yeah we got a we got a bunch of stuff we got you know just your your basic t-shirts and hoodies mugs flasks like you name it just go check it out phone cases uh, on there there's everything made here enough in there phone, ca- tell phone you cases as well yeah. you know got, gotta gotta keep up with the times everyone has a, <laughs> yeah, has a cell phone of course so yeah i'll, I'll tell uh, you what stein i'll tell you what mate i i had a look when you posted that before i had a quick look and mate, hey, you've got some quality stuff on there. Quality oh. stuff. Hey, if I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it good. Yeah, you've got to, mate, haven't you? Yeah, for but. sure. You know. But this was the Greyhorn Pagans podcast. Thank you all for being here. Thanks to everyone who came on. Thanks to thanks to everyone in the live chat. We will see you all next time. Nice one, Stein, mate. Yes, thank you, General. Have a good evening. You too, mate.